Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to Upfront. I'm Chloe Morgan. And I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. Today, we are joined by one of the stars of Arsenal's run to the semi-finals of the Champions League. Jen Beattie joins us in the studio to talk about Barcelona and Wolfsburg after an epic final. Plus, Arsenal's spate of ACL injuries and the challenges of swapping your boots for a microphone. Jen, serious questions first. Obviously, that's how we do things in the pod. Um, You were going to come onto our pod before, but unfortunately, Arsenal's engine set alight um, there was an issue on the runway and the whole squad was in jeopardy oh everyone shut themselves yeah. talk about an excuse to knock it on a podcast yeah, like, that's wow. extreme yeah, yeah we, that was what, what happened mate how, how? Oh, the plane yeah that so I've honestly never gone through anything like that but it was weird the way it all kind of planned out so we'd obviously played the game got showered all the rest of it head to the airport on the plane Everything's normal on the runway, about to take off, and we just heard a bang, and then the pilot just pulling on the brakes. But it all happened so quick, and obviously we weren't airborne yet, so we were just like, all right, okay, maybe. I, honestly, it felt like, you know when you're in the car and like a tyre bursts or something, okay. it kind of sounded like that. I would so have just, just assumed it was Kate McCabe doing something. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, causing chaos. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so that was it. We just heard that bang, and then... Um, the pilot just calm as you like, you know what pilot's voices are like. And ladies and gentlemen, there's a little problem with the plane. So we're like, okay, no issues, we're going to get off it. And then we were thought, right, maybe something mechanical will get fixed, we'll fly tonight. Nah, back to the hotel, had to stay over a different plane the next day. Um, but you just, you're in your own bubble, aren't you? So mm-hmm. you just kind of like, credit to the staff and stuff, because they're the one behind the scenes all trying to like solve the problem and what the crack is and what the how to solve it as quickly as possible and how to get back to, to England. Um, so yeah, different plane the next day. We all get on, get home. And I swear, it's when we landed in London, everyone saw that picture. Yeah, that's when like, it was reported. We were like, oh my God, yeah. the plane's on fire. <laughs> so we had no idea. Jesus. Like, Thank God. There was like, when, when it happened, a few, like a couple of girls were like, is that smoke? Like, I swear I saw it. And we were just like, nah, no way. Like, play, like it's fine. So it was like, thank goodness, because there are some like scared of flying in the team and staff as well. So if you see a picture like that, you'd, you'd, there's no chance you want to fly. I'll take the boat back, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take a train, anything. But now you've got, I mean, you're here. We have you in the studio. We had a little bit of a chat before the pod got uh, kicked off. And, and Jen was you know, really interestingly telling us about her pre-season training programme. Uh, I don't know if you want to share anything <laughs> about intense. that. It's a little bit different to what we would expect from the Arsenal pre-season start. Yeah, obviously I'm on my off-season at the minute, but I don't know, I'm not good at sitting still. I like to keep ticking over and my partner's on a bit of a fitness hype at the minute, so she loves a bit of boxing and gym, so I'm knackered from boxing, to be honest. <laughs> like, but it's, it's been great. Um she loves it, and it's just something to take take us over on the like on the on the break and and keep fit. And so yeah, probably come back fitter. Hopefully, come, right. the, come the next season. No but, yeah, real it's off been good. season for you then. 
Yeah, I mean, I had a few days off and stuff, but I just, I'm not good at sitting still. I like it. It makes me feel good mentally as well. Like, so it's good. good. Lock out them, I'm like, when, when you come back in the new season, won't just be Katie McCabe up for a physical. You can hey, expect you... from Jen as well. Yeah, yeah maybe. But yeah. we don't expect to transition from football into boxing anytime no, soon. No, no chance. It's harder. Yeah. It's harder. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not enjoyable. Like, <laughs> okay. All right, so you've been once. You <laughs> yeah. showed her effort. You were like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, let's do some hobbies together. But cool, I'm fine now. Peace out. It's yeah. my time off. All something right. else difficult. next. Let's do like you know, biking or something next. Yeah. Or like hobby craft or like chess. <laughs> All right, sweet. Pottery. Anyway, let's talk about football. We have chatted absolute waffle in the lead up to this. You wouldn't even <laughs> want to know what we have covered. Um, right, we're going to dive straight in. It's the Champions League final just taking place. Barcelona walking away with another title, their second title, beating Wolfsburg 3-2. What a game it was. I think, you know, first half we were thinking Barcelona had the better chances, weren't converting them. We thought, is this going to happen for them? And then Wolfsburg... Three minutes in, score a goal, and then right towards the end of the second half, another goal, and we're thinking, whoa, Barcelona, where are you? What's taking place? I mean, Jen, you watched the game. What, what did you think of it? Were you scared for Barca after that first half? Not really. No. I don't think you can ever really... <laughs> of course, like, Wolfsburg took their chances, and you know, like you can never write off Pop in the box or Pierre when she gets on the ball in those kind of positions, but... I think everyone would have probably been saying Barca aren't out of second gear at the minute and as soon as they stepped up like that that shows the quality that they've got that no matter what position the weird thing about Barca they're not in that position many times so Mm -hmm. you never really know like how they're going to react to it but they've got the quality times 100 and they came back in the second half absolutely flying like two goals straight away after the break and you can never write them off the quality they've, they've got in that team and yeah I think they maybe just didn't expect Wolfsburg to come out the way that they did and had to pick themselves up in the second half but what a second half performance thought they were unbelievable and what kind of things do you think were being discussed in that change room at, at half time I and mean, you've been in situations obviously yourself where you know you've gone in after not a great half you've got a lot of work to do in the second half what kind of things are the team talking about and saying to each other and and what's the managers what is the manager saying to kind of mm. like get that get that fifth gear out of them I think two things I think one, it's a final. So what, what have you got to lose? Mm-hmm. You have to go out and just give it absolutely everything. There's no sort of like game management in in those in those moments. It's right, we're two 0 down. It's a cup final. Throw everything at them. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that just winning mentality that you have to throw out in a second half performance. You've got forty five minutes to take it to either extra time or all the way. Um, and then second, but probably the most important one, they were nowhere near at the level that they know they could have been, and they hadn't started playing at the level that they, they know that they can show. So one was performance and second was mentality for me. I think those are the two things that they know they're good enough to go and win the game mm-hmm. and they did it and they came out absolutely flying in the second half. I think the early goal was probably key for them in the second half as yeah. well because um, it was a bit of a, you know, 48 minutes and 50 minutes was a bit of a one-two punch talking about boxing. It felt like they <laughs> nice, they quickly reference. got Wolfsburg on the ropes and they, they barely a chance to get a breath in the second half because in the first half, it felt like they weren't getting the players like Carl and Graham Hansen into it that much. Mm. And that completely changed in the second half. It was like, it just felt like an entirely different second half. And once they got those goals, they were so much freer that, that were the kind of team we're used to seeing from Barcelona, which must be terrifying if you're Wolfsburg and you think you've got the upper hand. <laughs> and then they come out like that. Um, and yeah, the third goal was just carnage. I don't know if it was a sloppy mess. Yeah, that was yeah. carnage. It's, it's, like, it's always. Because the first two goals were brilliant, you know, mm. like good timing, runs into the box, brilliant. Um, but the third, to, to lose it on that is just a bit of chaos in the box, but that's football. Goals can come from any sort of situation in a game. I mean, how do you recover from a game like that? I don't want to dwell too much. Um, obviously, you were part of the side back in uh, 2021 when Barcelona beat Arsenal 4-0. Uh, obviously, they were up at 3-0 at half-time. I mean, how do you recover from a game like that where you feel like you you know, you know, should have done more, you could have done better, or there are certain things that didn't go to plan? How, do, how What's the kind of mentality shift after that? I think, you know, the, the big part of that was, you know, Barcelona were coming into their absolute prime at that point, and they were... At points in a game, un- unplayable. Mm. You know, the, the level that they showed and the quality that they showed, it was like they had overloads everywhere. And that's like years of training they've built into that philosophy and processes. And I feel like when you've got kids at the academy that are coming into the first team and they've been training that philosophy for years, it was it was more just like a level of respect that you had to have for them because you came off the pitch thinking, I don't actually know what we could have done mm-hmm. more there because they were just that good. <laughs> and it was that just level of respect that we had for them. and. 
of course we we could have maybe done certain things differently, press them higher up the pitch. But if you press a team like Barca high up the pitch, you and you get popped, you, you're sitting on the edge of your box mm. two minutes later. You know, so it's it's a difficult one. But I think after those games, I mean, I remember sitting in the changing room just thinking they popped us. You know, mm. they they absolutely outplayed us, and you just had to have that level of respect for them that you know they've been training that philosophy since they were kids, mm. and they're flying. I mean, they, yeah, they're beasts, aren't they? I mean, you could have been facing them. That's the mm, weird, I mean, well, yeah. I, I saw that game. We were both there at the uh, the Emirates Stadium not not so long ago, uh, obviously seeing uh, you guys take on, on Wolfsburg and the whole crowd was behind. We thought, this is it. They're going through to the final. This is killer. And then obviously- What a night that was. It was a night of emotions. Um, and Lotto, who'd had such an amazing, incredible day, I, I felt so sorry for her because it just, mm. it was one of those, it was a small lapse, like you all have them. I mean, I'm obviously been in goal, the amount of lapses and poor judgment things that I've done in, in ridiculous moments. But yeah. how, how was the squad after that game? Like, how did you all sort of get behind her and things? I saw a lot of people going over to her and sort of, you know, just giving her a hug and saying, mate, you had an incredible one. Like, these things just happen. Like, Oh yeah, and like the the thing is with lots, like she's got such an incredible mentality that she she knows her mistakes, but she moves forward pretty quickly from them. She's yeah. very much like a high performance mentality that like short term memory. You know, she she was gutted, she was annoyed, devastated that that's the way that a mistake happened. But in in a game like that, but she'll forget about it just as quickly and move on to the next. And and know she's you know games aren't defined by little moments like that or your season or or anything or um respect as a player so yeah it was it was it was a bizarre day in the best and you know heartbreaking way all in one the game genuinely had every emotions I think for not just the players on the pitch but for the injured players and then getting back into the game and losing it last minute and even Laura Van Reuter tearing her ACL in that game and just kind of it was like we were just throwing punches absolutely everywhere. There's so many boxing chats. Yeah, I know. Subconsciously in there, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, but like in all honesty, even to go out in the way that we did, the 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 sense of pride throughout the whole day was just unreal. Like I all I will always feel forever grateful to be on the pitch and having played it and especially being older and having seen the game grow and to be a part of games like that and seeing it being sold out and it was just amazing, and I, I obviously felt good for the girls who who couldn't play and that done all the graft all year to to not get moments like that. Especially Kim Little, like we've we've grown up together, and was chatting recently about it to her and how gutted she was to miss out in it. And it is players like that you want to experience those moments because they do the graft all year and mm-hmm. then miss out in in those big games. But yeah, it was it was unreal. But I think it was the sense of pride that we all had and just having each other's backs. Like it's just such a good group. It was it was definitely a standout moment of the season for me. Um and yeah, despite Arsenal losing, it didn't have the same I mean obviously it was gutting for you guys, but because of all the everything else that had gone on around it, um how close you'd come despite all the injuries, mm-hmm. it still felt like such a positive night. Yeah. Um and you could even see that on the pitch like the way all the girls, the injured girls sitting behind the the dugouts like everything, you know, when uh, Laura went off like Viv was down to meet the stretcher yeah. like that camaraderie was really on display um, and even like you know you coming on and going up front like everyone's doing so many different jobs that maybe they wouldn't be used to doing and I think that was a really good like display of that on the pitch that night despite the, the end result Yeah I, I've, I've genuinely never experienced anything like it like in terms of people that we've got and roles and responsibilities and how much that's chopped and changed throughout the season based on who's on the pitch, who's injured, who's in and out, you know, all those kind of tricky things that you, we've, we've we've had to adapt to so many different situations. But And I think in most teams that can, you know, you can, you can lose a sense of belief or you can lose a sense of what our focus is on or what we're trying to do. So I, it's just whoever was on the pitch at whatever time, everyone had each other's backs, everyone knew what the job was to do, everyone was helping in whatever capacity, you summed it up perfectly there with Viv seeing with the stretcher coming off, like, there's so many different people that have been in that situation, whether you're on the stretcher or you're the one care, but it's like, that one thing that we all have for each other is care for each other, respect for each other, we have each other's backs, and I think that genuinely is really rare in, like, performance sport. And do you think, obviously, I mean, this season's been particularly tough for Arsenal. The spate of injuries has been, you know, mm. it, it's just unprecedented really for a squad to have that many sort of high profile star players go out with, with such a serious injury at, at sort of the same time. 
you know, obviously like we just had Leo and then obviously Laura in the in the Champions League semi-final. Um, do you think that kind of the adversity that you guys have been through kind of helps sort of make the squad more cohesive? Like it makes you kind of like you come through that together. Now you, you secured your Champions League spot. You, you did the absolute best you could in the, in the title race. Do you think those kind of challenges sort of help bring the team together more? I think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, you never want that to be the case, but I think everyone's gone through stuff, whether it's like off the pitch, you know, personal stuff or, or on the pitch as well. And I think it's, again, like I, I said it before, we've all got that kind of level of care for each other. Everyone, We're all just people, you know? Mm. Okay, we're people first, but I'm footballer second. And I think that's probably the most important thing, that it's more everyone's well-being. Everyone's checking in and see each other's all right. Because if you check in with that first, the football will come come just a little bit easier I think um but yeah of course like you you never want to see anyone go through big injuries like or or small ones either so but I think we we all understand it's it's part of football and it's, mm. it's part and parcel of it and that's you know just that it's it's normal but to have it to that extent this season was pretty different um and especially at the business end at the crunch end where you're you're trying to chase big games and it was really, really weird for for me coming in at that point. It was like, right, everyone's done all the graft, and no all of a sudden, yeah, we've got the bit. So it was it was bizarre in that sense, but just to have everyone's backing was just gave me the confidence to be like, right, okay, we can we can go and do it, and everyone kind of stepped up at, at the right time. Do, do you feel like there's a sense of what if? Because I know when we're we were looking back on both Chelsea and Arsenal's Champions League semi-finals, both teams have had to deal with quite a lot of injury this this season. And you kind of think, look how far you came despite the injuries. <laughs> Part of us wondering, could we have had a Chelsea-Arsenal final had, had things maybe gone differently? Or is it the fact, was it almost the adversity and that what you all had to go through that helped kind of drive you in the way it did? Yeah, I, th- I think there's always what ifs in sport, right? You can always kind of, oh, what if we'd done that? What if, what if I'd passed that ball there? Or, you know, if, what if I'd scored that chance? But... That's sport. There's so many, it's such small margins at this level and I think that our semi-final kind of summed that up perfectly. Um, But 100%, I think adversity probably helped us massively, like stick together. And Jonas, do you know what, Jonas was brilliant at that that as well, like keeping us all on track and focusing on the next game and not thinking too far ahead in the future and making sure everyone was was checking in with each other as well. So yeah, when when you're going through tough stuff like that you, you definitely become stronger as a group I mean you've obviously got personal experience of, of injuries um, I mean just before you know own major tournament heartbreak tearing your ankle ligaments just before Scotland's first ever Euros in, in 2017 I mean what do you personally go through in those moments and how how was your what was your mental recovery like in, in that in that space that that was tough it, that, that was tough because it was a weird one I think I was 28 or 20, like some some age like that and um it was always difficult because it was Scotland's first ever major tournament. So it was, you know, we we aren't lucky enough to, or good enough, I should say, to qualify consistently for, for tournaments. So to, to make the first one and then to to tear ankle ligaments right before it, of course, it it, it was devastating, you know. You've, you've had this massive high of qualifying and you look forward to it and there's so much hype around it and... As a player, all you want to do is play in the big games and the major tournaments, and that's that's why you play, you know, to play amongst the best players and to pay to be. That's the competitive nature that I think we all have. But I all I always count myself so lucky that I've got. Uh, obviously, my dad's a retired rugby internationalist. My brother as well played for Glasgow Warriors in Scotland, and they've gone through injuries as well. My dad tore his knee right before our World Cup, I think. So I've I've always had them to speak about it and to kind of share those experiences and they've always ingrained that in me that it's, it's part of sport. Like you can't get too high with the highs and you can't get too low with the lows. I think that's something that my dad's always kind of instilled in me that trying to stay in this little medium mindset of not getting too high, not getting too low because, you know, as, as long as you're all right, as long as your health's all right, you've got your mates, your family and everyone and that's kind of what's, yeah, you've, you've always got something else to, to focus on and, of course, I was gutted, but you know, you just have to move forward with it and kind of. I, I always count myself lucky as well. I was at a brilliant club, Man City looked after me brilliantly, and kind of I was in over the summer and I was I was fit for the next season. So, and luckily we qualified the World Cup and then I played there. So that was great. And <laughs> <laughs> um, like, the, there's often talk about how rehab and, and recovery can be quite a lonely 
thing. Yeah. I, that, that must be slightly different at Arsenal this season, I guess. <laughs> you know, you've got so many long-term injuries, the same kind of injuries, and there is, I guess, a bit of a, you know, you know almost what to expect now from a recovery because there's everyone's in a different part of the of the journey, I suppose. Mm. Has that made a difference, do you think, in terms of those who have been injured, um, in terms of how they're recovering, the fact that they have so many kind of with them on a similar journey? I'd say so, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to speak for the girls and like to say, oh yeah, they're absolutely fine because they've got loads of them because mm. that's not the case. Like None of them want to be in rehab. None of them want to be missing out on anything. But of course, I think it always helps. You know, like I think we've all been in situations where you're in the gym and everyone heads out onto the pitch to do the training and you're you're sat in there by yourself doing little exercises that kind of are tedious and boring and not what you want to do but you know you have to to get back to to the where to the point you want to be at but of course it will, it will definitely help that you know they've got more people around them but again I wouldn't none of them want to be there you know there's still that element of they all want to be on the pitch doing what they love and and what they're best at um I always give credit to the staff for this at Arsenal cuz I think they they are incredible at kind of really understanding the person and what they need and how their emotions are on that day and and just being flexible, I think there's a lot of, I've definitely been in situations where it's it's very strict with rehab and you have to be in at this time and you have to do this. And I think there's a lot of trust given to players that everyone will be doing what they need to do. Everyone will be getting their stuff done. So giving that flexibility, as long as their well-being's all right and they're getting their stuff done, which is what the girls will be doing. Because um, everyone cares about getting back to the, the best like physical state possible. So I always give credit to the staff in that sense because they're very trusting and um, flexible with, with how the person's actually feeling on that day. I mean, we've talked a little, a little bit about injuries and, and obviously, um, you know, how disappointing I suppose it's been for, for some of the players that you've that you've been around. But it's also been an incredible season for, for some other players. I mean, we've just seen obviously the news with uh, Rafael Souza leaving the yeah. club and she's had an incredible season. I mean, what was it like to, to play with her? What What's she like on, on the pitch and off the pitch? Oh, cl- class. She's hands down one of the best centre-backs I've ever played with. Like, okay. not just not just as a person, but as a, as a, like, as a player. Like, just, I'll never forget. I, I wind her up about it all the time. Like, just the first training session she ever um, came to for Arsenal. We did, like, obviously little rondos and she was doing back heels and, and I thought, oh. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's unbelievable. Like, straight away, I was just like... Bold. Yeah, I was like, but bold, but could carry it out. Like, yeah. could actually pull it off. And I was like, yeah, just technically, her composure on the ball, like, or like wand of a left foot, just physically attribute. Look, she's just an athlete. Um, physically brilliant, technically class, very calm. And that's the kind of, like, I love playing with calm players, calm mindsets. I think as a centre-back, that's definitely my, like, I love that. And she was so chilled, communicated very well. Um and she was just like, just like good egg to be around, you know, like, you you know, when you just have people in the office or whatever that you just, they're just great. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, no problems, no issues, just a good teammate to be around. And yeah, she she definitely took us to the next level, I'd say as well. If you if we were looking for that bit of like class to add to, to our squad to take us to, like, that's what she did. Um, And she will be massively missed, like not just off the pitch, but like, yeah, in all aspects of the club. Absolutely. Who then, maybe at this we've already spoken about it, but who is, has been the most reassuring centre-back that you've partnered with in your career? Reassuring? In yeah, as sense? in like, that you just feel calm and relaxed when you're next to them, that you're... Rafa's up there, for yeah. sure. Um, I think Steph Oatman and I had a, a really good partnership as well. Like, she was really chilled. We understood each other very well. We were, very, we were different, very different, and I think that was good. We kind of balanced each other out. Um... So I'd say Steph Houghton for sure. Um, loved playing in this little bit with Rafa, like as a as a five back as well. It's been brilliant. Lee Lee's massively up there as well because again we're su- such different players. Um, and very good communicator, very good problem solver, super smart, super like into football intelligence. Lee Lee is definitely up there. Um, and technical abilities second to none. So, mm. yeah. With all the kind of emotions that um, you guys have gone through throughout this season, like who's who's the kind of the ones that you look to for like a little bit of like humour throughout, or who's <laughs> the one who's more likely to forget their boots, or I don't know, make a stupid inappropriate joke, or just be like the life and soul of the change room when things are of popping off? Like I thought, Mido straight away. Okay, <laughs> yeah, 
Oh, she's just she's just the most fun, you okay. know. Like, and she, like she's gone through so much off the pitch as well, um, and then tearing her ACL. She's that just had a a really hard year off the back of the Euros and the way that she carries herself and still the most bubbliest character. And you know, you know, when you just want to be silly. Mm-hmm. Meadows, you're one. If you want to be at breakfast and just have a silly chat or just yeah, she's she's great, it's hilarious. Um, yeah, one of the class clown can I say that or just yeah just a great laugh um always has good intentions with absolutely everything um and then I'd say maybe Steph Catley like, okay we're neighbours and got a bit of a weird sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah they'd be my two go-tos and who would be the go-to if you need to have a serious conversation you're like oh this didn't go so well I just need someone to like just big me up, give me a bit of like a pep talk, like give me a clap on the back and say like, come on, Jen, like snap out of it. Let's get back into it. Who, who are we saying? I mean, she definitely wouldn't give me a pep talk or, but, or a pat on the back, but like if if I need anything, Kim Little's like the one. The go-to. Like, yeah, yeah. In terms of like captain, she's your go-to. If you need anything, if you have anything that's like remotely important or it might not be a high value to but if it's a high value to you and it's you're taking it seriously she'll, she'll, she'll listen she'll give her give her the best advice or or not even just listen um she always I think she's one of the most empathetic teammates captains I've ever played with um and takes that role really really seriously and she's always willing to you could tell as soon as you start speaking to her her brain's going of like how do I help how do I how do I solve this situation um and I love that. But yeah, she's always a go-to for, for yeah, at work. She seems like a, a good egg. Kid. Yeah, she does. I mean, we we had a bit of a fun pod a couple of weeks back and we were just in the process of just finished renovating my flat and we nominated <laughs> Kim Little as the best redecorator of flats that she'd just show up, get the be job done, paintbrushes ready, it'd be done in 20 minutes. Limit her tea breaks. Jobs are good and she'd off to B&Q. Super focused. Did you ever finished. see that marketing campaign of her in like painting overalls? No. <laughs> oh yeah, was that one turned <laughs> paint, like paint, paint red or yeah, something? Yeah, paint, paint, paint. <gasps> that never clicked. Yeah. She has experience. There you go. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. I mean, you mentioned that I didn't realise that you and Steph Catley were, were neighbours. Yeah. I mean, how does that play out on a day-to-day basis? Is it a case of, okay, we've got training, but also let's just play a quick game of do do down ginger? Or do like dog uh, walk? Or yeah. Do to dog sit? Dog walk, dog sit. Like, she's obviously in Australia right now and prepping for World Cup, so she's obviously got dogs out here, but I'm definitely going to go and 
pick up the dog and look after him and take him out and stuff. But um, just if you need it, you know, if you need like if you're missing salt and pepper, yeah, yeah or like, mate, if you got your straighteners or Vegemite, just, just <laughs> that, yeah, Vegemite. <laughs> <laughs> literally anything. Like borrowed a Theragun the other day. Nice, you know, like just. Cloves like nights out. There's gonna be a I few wish, arsenal like nights out, isn't there? Sizes, yeah, yeah right. Okay, just too small. Right. Um, what else? Heels, that kind of thing. Oh, like. I don't wear heels anymore. <laughs> nah, no chance. Uh, yeah, no, nah, she's class. Car share. Sometimes you car share. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, yeah, love that. It's great after a night out, and you can share an Uber home also. Like, and a pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Just so like, Steph Catley's good neighbor. Good great neighbor. Yeah. I could there's think of worse. A, there's an Australian joke there about neighbours, but we didn't pick up on it. That's that's the matter. Never mind. Moving swiftly on. Ugh, we could have had something really good there. Yeah. Everybody needs a good neighbour, right? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, I'll move on. Um, <laughs> speaking of teammates, do you keep in touch with like former teammates? Have you have you touched base with say like Kira Walsh after winning this weekend? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Like Walsh, she she's just classy, and even when I like, even when I played with her at City, I still thought she was one of the most like underrated midfielders ever. So I always. I'm just so buzzing to see her like actually get the credit she deserves now and I think kind of started before the Euros but the Euros really kicked her on and to go and win the Champions League I was genuinely buzzing for her so yeah I texted her um, the day after and I think Leah was out with her so she sent us a picture back of the both of them just out there having a good time and yeah buzzing for her I think she's she's class great person um, and I always like to yeah Say well done to to like because she she deserves it. She's she's brilliant and she works hard and she deserves all the sort of credit she gets now because I think she was underrated for for far too long. Yeah, definitely. That is a position that is quite underrated. I always think of it. It's one of the posi- the the players that I rarely get a photo of when I'm shooting because they just kind of they're sat in the middle and never come too yeah. far this way or too yeah. far that way. Just <laughs> everywhere. They're like a like a seat. You know when you're trying to get a really rare animal or something. I'm trying to get the rare like midfielder of the good shots of them and I always seem to struggle with Kira Walsh yeah. um, but another underrated defenders are often underrated goalkeepers often underrated don't you feel goalkeepers are definitely underrated we don't get any credit and then when it all goes absolutely sideways it's like okay well let's just kill the goalkeeper <laughs> I'm not bitter about it I don't care I'm finished now I'm retired Sounds I it. yeah I'm over it <laughs> whatever we had a goalkeeper on here um, mm-hmm. not too long ago, Sophie Harris, uh, talking about the demands of her position. And what we were kind of asking her was, you know, the, the, the goalkeeping position has changed. It was very much kind of a shot-stopping position and then it sort of escalated into yeah. distribution and, you know, starting counter-attacks and, and being more of a kind of supportive network with your back four or back three or however you're playing. But do you feel there's been a shift in, in your role as centre-back? Do you think the, the expectation, obviously you've been in the game a while, do you think there's been a sort of escalation in your roles and responsibilities on, on the field or would you say it's, it's stayed fairly certain? I think for for me it's probably stayed fairly certain. I think it's, I mean, I've been lucky enough to play for teams that have played similar styles. Like even was Arsenal a kid when I pinned down centre-back position, I was 22 and went to Montpellier. So mm. French style, very much ball at your feet. And then signed for City, who we all know City's philosophy, ball at your feet, playing next to Demi Stokes, Steph Oten, and, you know, top England internationalists that enjoy the ball at their feet and playing that style. So, And then Arsenal. So I've been very lucky to be at teams that I enjoy playing that style and I enjoy that kind of role and responsibility. So I, I actually, maybe that's a rare thing that it maybe hasn't developed that much, but I think it's because I've been lucky to play for teams that have played similar styles. It's very much ball on the floor, back foot receiving, playing to back foot, you know, breaking lines and, and all that. I've always loved that style of play, so I've been lucky enough to play for coaches that want to coach that and want to play that way as well. You do sometimes go up front though as well, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Banging a few goals. Known to be, yeah. <laughs> Classic. Do you enjoy that? Love it. Oh, <laughs> Didn't get that sense from the last goal you scored, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> there are those times where you're like, get Jan Beattie on, get her up front, you need her, get her up there. It's, it's always those, like, because obviously I played a bit more that when I was a kid, I was younger and it's, a, it's always a running joke, like, oh, I remember when you used to play striker and I was like, yeah, a lot of times passed since that, but. It was used as a kind of, um, I guess, plan D, like to kind of, if we needed a goal to kind of, it's any centre-back's dream, right? To be told to go up. Get up there. And a goalkeeper's actually. Yeah, exactly. At a corner last minute. I've never scored. Um, And you you never know what's going to happen in that sense, but no, it's so fun because there's no expectation on you either. You're just a centre-back that's gone up front that, like you see Millie Bright doing it for England. Louise Quinn. 
yeah. feel for Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, give it, a, do what you can. Yeah. Right. yeah. But must, Get out there. Go and try. But when you score with your feet, it must be so much better than when you score with your head because yeah. that's kind of what's expected. Like, I think it was Louise Quinn who was saying because she'd scored quite a few with her head and then suddenly yeah. she scored with her feet and she was like, what is going really? on? I'd yeah. love to know actually how many goals I've scored with my feet compared to my head. Like, oh, we have to find that out. We'll have to pull those stats up. Yeah. Someone who's good with stats, tweet us, please. There's no Thin. way there'll be more than my head. Like, I definitely <laughs> will have scored more with my head. <laughs> And how does it feel? Like, obviously, like the last goal you scored was was pretty epic. I mean, mm. how does it, in that moment? What are you thinking? Like, where are you? Where are you running to? Like, <laughs> what's what's the vibe? I think. So I honestly have not. Like, someone asked me recently what my um, how how I felt, and I can honestly say I have no real recollection of it. Like, it was just more. I remember just seeing the ball almost go in and then I, f- I feel like even when it goes in that goes a bit blank this is the goal look at the facials that's the goal that's the passion the goal. and then and then your neighbour yeah. Steph Catley <laughs> she's there <laughs> currently showing Jen the photos of her scoring said goal <laughs> seeing as like, you don't remember give me back my dog <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I was actually laughing um, about this because my partner was asking me about this recently as well about striker and my celebration. We did see the incredible tweet from her after after the game. <laughs> sit down. Yeah, it went viral. She was told to sit down, and she was like, oh "I'm not sitting down. My girlfriend has just scored a like, super important goal." But she she was asking me like, "Oh, did you used to play striker like all that stuff?" And um, asked me what my celebration was, and my genuine answer was, "I'm I'm not quick enough to run away from anyone." <laughs> So everyone just jumps on me and that's kind of it. That like And you're tall enough that you can like carry them. Yeah. So I think Katie jumped on me. I bumped into Pop. Do you remember that? Because that went bloody viral. Because yeah. I swear, and sorry to any pop fans listening, but Pop Defo dropped a shoulder as you were coming towards her. There it, 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 <laughs> and she just bounced right off you. Oh, like. In all honesty, right? Head of the ball, went in, turned round. All I remember is just bumping into someone. Like I don't, I couldn't have told you if, like, if it was an Arsenal player, a Bullsport player. I just remember it really hurting. But then I, I was so buzzing that we just scored and we'd levelled it. Out of all the people you could have bumped into, I mean, you're you're lucky your shoulder isn't dislocated. I mean, it's it's. No, it I, was I, I very sore for a long time. This is now. Have you seen it since? The clip. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> and this hasn't preceded the fact that you now do boxing. At yeah. All. No. That's Completely why. unrelated. <laughs> right. You need some better defence now. Although yeah. I think you were fine. It may have hurt afterwards, but it didn't look like it. Oh, it was not. Honestly, I was, it was so sore. It, that's got, <laughs> I'm telling you, there was a shoulder drop. There was definitely like... <laughs> Shady from yeah. Pop. Shady. <laughs> yeah, let's talk a little bit about the off-field things that you are now doing. You're yeah. now sort of more involved in the kind of media stuff, the punditry. Um, how's that been sort of juggling both the media life and also uh, obviously still being a full-time player at an epic team? Like, how, how are you doing it all? I love it. I really, really enjoy it. I think I've always enjoyed... I think football is one of those weird careers, right? You, you know it's going to end and I think you're always quite conscious of, of when that's going to be and, you know, at what age will will you have to stop or will you want to stop? And I think I've, my parents have always kind of tried to instill that in me as well. So, like, I went to uni, got the degree, and I've always tried to do work experience where and when I can, whether that's been at Man City, Melbourne, um, or, or different clubs down here as well. So, very lucky that Arsenal have given me a sort of dual role over the past couple of seasons. So, I've I've always tried to do something else to kind of... Because also, f- football's brilliant, right? But w- when it when it's difficult, you need an outlet. You need something else to focus on. And so I've always enjoyed that aspect of, of having something else and a different focus. But I always... My dad's obviously been in media for a long time and I, I always thought it was a wee bit cliche to... But I started it and loved it and just really enjoyed the fact that you're still involved with sport, but from a completely different angle. And I think it's... It's what I've been a part of for so long, football, talking about it, playing about it. But it's just nice to move into a different angle and be around people that have have a have a similar mindset. So I, I've loved it. I've really enjoyed doing it. Um, it's difficult. It's definitely, you know, trying to do... Because football will always be... Mon- like, whilst I'm still playing, obviously there's such a high level of focus still on that. But um, it's nice to kind of start that what's next for me. And, um, and I enjoy that. I think you see a lot of players do it go down different um lines of work and still obviously doing a lot with Arsenal in the in the commercial side of stuff, the marketing side of stuff and different roles going into next year, but I do love the media aspect. It's good fun. 
I bumped into you on your first kind of <clears throat> pitch side yeah. um, punditry. Uh, yeah. I was shooting. It was my first time shooting for a national team, actually, as well. So we were both having firsts. Um, how was that? Because obviously you were, you were talking about Scotland playing Australia. Um, and and did you do you get any kind of feedback from from players or friends when they see you? <laughs> no players or friends actually. But uh, in terms of how I did on the day, yeah. Well, to be fair, I think so. Pedro, obviously, I recently retired from Scotland. Um, and Pedro was brilliant with me. Um, had a really good conversation throughout it, and um, wished me good luck and all that stuff. And obviously, saw him on the day, and he was like, "What are you gonna say?" <laughs> What, what he, he was questioning me before and he texted me after to be like I've rewatched it what you said was 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 was, was great and oh, I was phew. like god he's really keeping keeping tabs on me here <laughs> um but no everyone everyone's been really really great and you know it's it's good to sort of have mates that have gone through similar um processes as well I think Jill Scott's been one of one of my good mates for years and she's she's brilliant just um friendly advice all the time and always kind of willing to help out and um, but yeah, it's good. That 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 was a good game, I think, for me to for me to do. I enjoyed that one because it was pitch side stuff, and obviously I'd just retired from Scotland at that point, so it was it was nice seeing them, and you you know a bit of knowledge of philosophy and stuff, and behind the scenes, and then obviously Australia as well. I like played in W League, and no lo- loads of the Aussies that play in WSL as well. So it was a it was a it was a good game for me for me to do, and it was. It was close, as you said, yeah. it was in London, <laughs> and uh, you got to see all the behind the scenes stuff that. You transition into the chaos, the cha- the chaos yeah. that, that makes the, the TV shows. <laughs> yeah. It's that's nervy. It. Like when things don't go to plan or they're yeah. not on time or you're at the yeah. wrong venue or, I mean, that's happened. What? Or, or you've got the wrong script. You nearly, you nearly did that last week with the England announcement. Literally. You I were mean, like, see you in St. George's Park. And I was like, why? It's not there. <laughs> oh, really? I don't think it's bad to expect that no, a lioness really announcement is going to be at St. George's Park or Wembley. It's a whole like, other story. You're it absolutely was, right. Do you know what I find the most like, create the bit where like, when you're playing right you're in your you're in your bubble all you really know is your games your training sessions where, what flight you're on what where you're going I mean I don't know if this is just me but I don't think many players are that aware of like all the fixtures mm-hmm. but the amount of fixtures that you have to keep up with <laughs> yeah. is insane like even the World Cup for example like for you guys coming up covering it going out there like the amount of games, the amount of players, you know, the the amount of stats and not like, it does blow my mind, like moving into that and the amount of knowledge that like everyone has on everything is incredible. Um, I mean, we were talking about uh, Man United's Rachel Williams and she was kind of saying uh, that she sees football as just another job. But I'm assuming for you, like that's not at all how you kind of see things. You think that, I mean, football is your passion. It's what you're most interested in above, over and above kind of the media career. Do you think that's sort of fair to say or would you say that actually... As you're, you know, you've been in the game a long time. You're actually sort of, you know, looking forward to a career after football. Or you're still kind of in the mindset of football's everything for me right now. I think it's still very important. Yeah, I think you you can't like. I still want to be at a top club. I still want to be part of Champions League and playing in those big games. I think when I don't know if saying it's just another job. Like, of course, it's it's about a balance and you know with work life and and everything and around it. Um, but I still massively value it, and you know I I do understand that the resources that are coming into the game now, and to be at a club like Arsenal, I I do feel very lucky. Um, I don't know if it's the same. I f- I feel lucky to be doing something that I love, and I know that that's a rare thing, and I, I enjoy going in every day. So to say it's just like another job, but uh, yeah, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Like that's for me, it's something I, I absolutely love doing. And feel very grateful to be doing it with people I, I love going to work with as well. I think it, the culture is one of the best cultures I've ever been a part of. Um, and that's something that I think is quite rare. Um, so, of course, it's, it's something I still have a, a really high value in my life. And I love doing it. And I would I would do it forever if I could. But I'll have to move into something eventually. <laughs> but no, I would, I would 100% I'd play football forever if I could. You said Arsenal are, are a bit like a family. You've referred to them as a, a family before. I know you spoke about that when you went through your breast cancer diagnosis in, in 2021 and we also saw that with Man City as well when you came back that kind of camaraderie around the women's game is really something very special mm. as well that must just be another element to why it's such an enjoyable role to be in or, or job to be in yeah I mean I, I think like, I think family is 
thrown around a lot in football. You know that word, I mean. Um, but I do think the group at Arsenal right now is, it, it genuinely is. And it, it probably is because we've all been through stuff off the pitch and, and everyone does, you know. Everyone goes through difficult periods and we're no different to anyone else. We're all um, going through something. Um, but it does, it brings you closer together. And mm. I think if you've got a good group, good staff, good people that just care about everyone. Um, but I do think sports, all, I do think that's always why I got into team sports as well. Just being around people and part of a, a community, I think that, and that stood out massively through through the breast cancer stuff, speaking out about that and the amount of people that showed support and care and raised the awareness piece that that was the football community that did that. That wasn't me. I, I sparked a conversation, but it was the football community that really helped that um, be shared, which was incredible. And it blew my mind the the amount of support that came through at that point. Um, but 100%, I think football teams are families and, you know, they really do look out for each other and there's a level of care and it's, yeah, it's class to be a part of. I still remember that goal you scored for... Brighton I think it was um, and the the reaction from the team around that and then yeah. after you came out and spoke you you realised why that moment was so special and I can still I can still remember it was um, yeah it was a good moment to, to kind of understand that kind of what was going on behind the scenes yeah, yeah it was special uh, I mean talking about family obviously you've got some family members going out to Australia uh, for the world I, I say family members family members and teammates, teammates. <laughs> I was yeah. wondering I was like I was what? Like, <laughs> I know like, about where your family are going to be this mom? summer. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded weird and Sam unnecessary. Sam actually not Scottish. <laughs> You've got some family slash teammates going out to Australia in this World Cup. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're you're not going out there, but you're sort of going to be watching them from afar. How, how does it feel kind of, you know, you kind of send each other messages all the time. Is it kind of like, how, yeah, how do you kind of show that support when you, you're not able to be out there sort of in and around it as much? Yeah, again, it's a weird one because when you're when you're in season, there's so much focus on your your games as a club and and what you're doing as a team. But it was a kind of nice. We had a little roundup, went to the men's game, and I think you know at that point you can kind of relax and start to talk about the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was maybe I wasn't thinking about it that much because Scotland aren't in it as much. But there's so many different avenues I think for for each player. It's so different, and everyone's at different stages of their career and what what country they play for and but I think first and foremost to be hosting it, you know, the likes of Steph and, and Caitlin, the buzz that they must have going home and to have that knowing what we've just all experienced with with England and Lionesses and, and summer over here. Um so I think that was really special. So it was nice to kind of be like, right, let like are you excited? Let's let's start talking about it. How's the hype going? Cause they had the documentary and all of that stuff mm. that was happening. Um and then the likes of Katie, you know, it's our it's our first major tournament and obviously it was at the expense of Scotland. That's that's Sorry, who we beat. It's cool, um, but just for her, you know, like the apprehension and the sort of anxieties at being at first major tournament and how she's captaining it as well. So the the sort of against Australia in the opening yeah, match, exactly. Like. Um, so yeah, no, it is nice to kind of it's it's the best thing being able to support them at different playing for different countries and trying to tune into all of the games and. Yeah, just wanting them all to come back fit and healthy. And then going into the the season, I don't even want to talk. Like start talking about next season, but you kind of have to. I mean, it's it feels like after the World Cup, it's bang, it's just there, yeah. and then we're straight in again. I mean, what are you most looking forward to in terms of like next season? And obviously, the competition this year has been crazy with kind of mm. you know, four horses in this title race so far. I mean, you could be seeing the likes of maybe Villa creeping mm. in and around that yeah. kind of fourth fifth spot. Um, yeah, I mean, what what have you seen or what's the most exciting element for you about the WSL um, sort of going into the next couple of seasons? I think att- attendances are mm-hmm. kind of the one thing that really took off this year and not not just at Arsenal. I know we had we had sellout and big, big attendances, but for me, there's always been a really steady progression in, in the WSL and women's football, but this year, we I think we can all say it, it took off, right? I think people that weren't interested in women's football became interested. Um and there was a massive switch. Um, and it, I think I'm just most excited about it, to see how that grows, to see how even the takeover will eventually happen and what sort of companies come in to invest in it and how the growth will actually look and how we can keep that integrity in the women's game and develop it the way we want to for a women's football, not just based off men's football and how that is in the Barclays Prem and all that stuff. It's kind of, how's it going to develop attendances, 
And yeah, and it, it, I mean, I say it every year, it gets more and more competitive, and it does, but this year was by far the most competitive year I think anyone's mm. ever seen, uh, which is brilliant for a neutral. Uh, <laughs> annoying for a player, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's been great. I think the games have been brilliant. Every game is, is genuinely never written off as an easy one. Um, and I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most, is, is getting more and more competitive. Thankfully, we're in Champions League again. More games will be at bigger stadiums. The, the actual match day experience will just get better and better and I think that's what I'm probably most excited about well I mean we've talked about the Champions League we've talked about the World Cup we've talked about next season um, you're entitled to a break um, I've heard you've got one coming up um, what are you going to be doing are you planning on going away just getting all like just lobbing your phone in an ocean somewhere and just being like <laughs> sod it um, yeah what is the next kind of like next few weeks have kind of just chill look like for you like yeah. apart from boxer size obviously yeah um <laughs> i guess just like being a bit more relaxed isn't it enjoying mm. sort of not being having to go to work every day and um concerts saw beyonce the other night which was Wasn't brilliant she good? Uh, when incredible she, when she flew in on a silver horse at the end i was like my life is downhill from now like <laughs> yeah. not living anymore because Beyonce just flew through the sky. But yeah, no, I've got to be fair, I've got a good chunk of time off where I don't actually need to like I'm gonna stay in London and just joy and spending time with my partner, friends, family. It's wedding season, isn't it? So oh, went God. to a wedding at the weekend, got my best mate's wedding in Glasgow coming up. And then yeah, get away on a holiday with the the better half. That'll be good fun. Lovely. Where do you reckon you'll go? Any kind of like recommendations from Jen Beatty on holiday destinations for twenty twenty three? On the tourist board. Um <laughs> No, I have no idea. We've we've looked at Ibiza. We haven't had it. I was going to say yet. that seems to be the place to go. It was I'd, Dubai for a while, and then yeah. it became Ibiza. Not the party party bit though. I'd rather just chill. Oh, the older section of Ibiza, the more yeah. mature section. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, Ibiza. yeah but you're yeah. seeing you're seeing both sides from the players. You've got some of them go to the party party, and some of them are gone to Ibiza. Yeah, the younger the, ones. Yeah. like the older ones are like paella and like I don't know, like a nice glass of wine, just watching the sunset. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, lovely. Well, thank you so much for giving up some of your um, incredibly valuable time um, in this recovery period now. We hope you get the absolute best break possible after thank a stellar you. season for Arsenal. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks, Jen. Rach, where are you going to be this weekend? Are you going off to Ibiza? I don't know where I'm going to be this weekend. It's called the off-season for a reason. I mean, ooh, that rhymed. You should I don't know. know. No, I plan on not being anywhere important. My couch. Lovely. All right, well, you? on that Something bombshell. Something exciting. Um, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think I'll be in Holland. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for We'll have for a roundup next week about Chloe's trip to Holland. Please behave. Uh, thank you for listening to today's episode of Upfront. If you've got any questions for us, tweet us at Football Ramble. Rage is at Girls on the Ball and I am at Morgie underscore 89. We are back next week with another special guest. She's from the same team, but at the other end of the pitch. Dun, 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 drama, dramatic scenes. So stay tuned. We will see you next week. Upfront is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.